It's almost football time in Oklahoma. Is it really though? I think Is I've, it really? I think I played it like three times the past two weeks, so yeah, probably not. It's not almost football time in Oklahoma. Well, I guess it is in one sense. They're uh, they report today. Uh, I don't know. I don't think they have practice today. I think it's like no. A, they they start tomorrow with practice, yeah. which today's yeah. like your processing day. It's the official report. You go through some team meetings, hand out your camp uh, schedule, hand out playbooks, um, like go through like all your all your equipment stuff. Make sure all that's checked out. Uh, just kind of a processing day, going through exactly what's expected of everyone day in day out tomorrow it begins well kind of um per ncaa rules i'm sure you report august 4th you can't put on pads till august 29th i'm sure that's how the rules work now yeah um you do you you have three days of helmets only then i think Four days of helmets, shoulder pads, and shorts. And then after that, after seven days of acclimatization, you can go full pads. So a week into camp, <laughs> you can finally do did, full pads. Did you get and that you luxury do... back in the day? Did you guys have unlimited hey, practice or did you have 25? No, we had... When I was a freshman, it was unlimited. Oh my gosh! And it was it was unlimited on the amount of practices, and it was unlimited how many full pad practices you I could love have. That. Man, and so we did we did two full padded practices every day. I think after like the first, I think after the first like ten days or so, we started doing like we would do like helmets, shoulder pads. And shorts, but you had to have like your thigh pads in. We would do that like in the morning, and then full pads in the afternoon, and then the next day full pads in the morning, and then helmet, shoulder pads, and thigh boards in the afternoon. So that was Boy. like. But here's the thing: helmet, shoulder pads, and shorts is full pads. Like that's a full padded practice. You may not like drag each other to the ground in live drills, but it's. It's the same exact thing. Everything is the exact same. So, they'll I, have plenty of time to get it in. I just like that uh, your body was uh, full calloused by the time you got to September back in those days. Yeah. Frankly, it's BS, and it's almost like a cruel joke. Uh, as soon as I was done in college, they changed the college rules. And as soon as I was done in the NFL – they changed the NFL rules. Every camp I had in the NFL was unlimited on anything. Like They could have you do anything that they wanted. Yikes. And some were more brutal than others. Mariucci ran uh, what a lot of people would consider to be a probably middle-of-the-road type of camp. Rod Marinelli ran what unanimously everyone would consider the hardest camp in all of NFL. Um, Jack Del Rio, really tough camp. Gruden, tough camp. But as soon as I was done, I 
literally as I retired, they changed the rule to where you can't do two Yeah, I think that was a sick joke <laughs> against you, and you just didn't know it at it the time. Was. <sighs> it was. It was. For some no, odd reason, gonna, that makes me happy. They're going to get it in, and when I asked, when Venables was on with us the other day, I asked him, can you make camp hard enough, and he started laughing. So I, I take that as a yes, you can. Yeah. Uh, Teddy's leather helmet must have been something nasty after that first week. That's on the text line. Yeah. Yeah, the leather, once you sweat into the leather helmet, it basically just turns into a hard shell. It's it's no longer soft after that first practice. Are you serious? The 6A school where I live doesn't even do full pad practices anymore. Different day we are in. Yeah. Yeah, you can't have... I don't think you can have back-to-back full padded practices in college once you get rolling. Um, you're limited on on like hours of full contact, like what what is deemed to be a full contact drill. You're limited on those, but you know the limitations. The, a lot of this stuff is just thrown out there for it's really like CYA stuff because there's just like it's not. I don't think it's considered a full contact drill. If you're not dragging each other to the ground. Right. And and you just you don't do a whole heck of a lot of that. Even whenever like you would say you're you're live, there's just not a whole lot of dragging one another to the ground. Although in spring with Venables, pretty much every practice was almost entirely drag each other to the ground. I uh I, yeah, no kidding. I am curious though, since you know, you never paid attention to the recruiting class coming in, you were just trying to make it day by day. You certainly I'm, – I'm, Torrance, obviously, when you got there. But was there ever anyone like your sophomore year, your junior year, or your senior year that you saw for the first time at camp that played on your team that you said, oh, my God, this kid's a freshman and he looks like a physical specimen out here? Um – not not that I can think of. I mean, you missed AD by a year. You, prob- you yeah. would have said him. Well, I'll tell you this right out of the gate. There, there was a, a whole lot of this guy looks amazing. This guy is a really highly rated as a recruit. And you get him out there on a football field. In full pads, they're out of high school, and almost instantly everyone is like looks exactly like a freshman, right? No matter what, Tommy Harris, not the case. Even uh, even Dvorak. Now, Dvorak, he I think he started maybe a little bit slower, but by the end of his true freshman year, like. Totally, one hundred percent legit, uh, big time college nose guard. So those two guys to have two freshman defensive linemen that did that, pretty remarkable. Yeah, no, it is. You also saw the other side of it where I don't know if you can remember this interaction. I'm sure you saw Mark Clayton for the first time, not running around just in pads. Yeah, saying like, what, what, what? <laughs> Who's this kid? Seriously? Yeah, yeah. Well, 
that's what I the first time I laid eyes on him I thought that, but the first time I saw him out running wide yeah, receiver routes, I was like I was like, Okay, we'll just give him some time. When he catches up physically, it's gonna be game over. You can't you couldn't even touch him. I've told you about some of the things that he used to do, like in one on ones where he like he he would do like these fake releases where it looked like he was like running in place. He would take a step but the step didn't happen. It's almost like the reverse moonwalk to get the defensive back to, like, backpedal off of him, and then he would have some space to work. It was just incredible I, stuff. I forgot which podcast I was listening to, but it was, it was a podcast that had a former player from that era on it. And uh, whichever former player said it, I, for, I can't remember who it was. But saying, like, in 01, which, God, that would have been the only year that Mark Clayton and Roy Williams crossed, that as dominant as Roy was – and he was dominant in every single facet, that there were a, there was a time or two where Mark Clayton made him look silly, even at well, that age. Yeah, and like that, if you, if you looked at Roy Williams and said, what's the Achilles heel, like what's the one thing, it would be guys that are like a smaller wide receiver with quickness that's trying to separate, you know, that's trying to get away from you. Uh, and in one-on-ones, one-on-ones and stuff like that there's a little bit of like backyard football involved like in in a real game if if they snap the ball the quarterback goes to you and your release is like straight up running away from a guy like you're off of the route concept and he's onto someone else right you know does that make yeah, sense yeah, 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 yeah. but in one-on-ones he's going to stay with you and let you work to space and find somewhere to to get open so yeah no, Tommy Tommy was legit right out of the gate. But, man, 99% of the time, true freshmen come in and look exactly like true freshmen. Sure. But I will say, that was, that was a different era. Kids now are exposed to way better coaching, way better information, way better strength and conditioning before they ever step foot on a college campus. Yeah, I'm sure I the mean, body types are more ready to go immediately than what yeah. somewhere at that time, no doubt. I well, always I, laugh because everyone asks about, like, high school strength and conditioning. Dude, we did, like, bench press and curls was my high school strength and conditioning. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah. No, that's – yeah, no, it, it definitely was a different time. I, I can't even imagine, especially during that time period – what some of those incoming freshmen thought about the returning seniors on that team, though. Yeah, Thinking it's, like, oh, uh, my God, like, there's no way I'm going to play here. No chance. It's just humbling, man. It's because when someone's been in the fire for that long and you're learning every drill, like, on the fly, uh, you're trying to figure out, like, what, like what the next step in practice is and – you know, over the top of it all, everything that you're doing out there is as hot and as physical as it is and as grueling. Like hanging over the like like a like a cloud over the entire thing is knowing that you're gonna have to condition at the end as well. Mm. So there's always like this there's this part of you that's trying to save a little bit for the wind sprints at the end, but they don't even condition at practice anymore. Yeah. So um, something you should probably know. This is the first show I've ever done high. Um, yeah, that is the current. I like that. That is the current situation today. Not me. 
You, Not me. You haven't been here since Monday, and they started working on this, uh, this, this room, the broadcast room that we have on Tuesday, and they've been repainting everything, and we don't have a – how would you describe our building, our studios that we're in? The ceilings uh, aren't very high. Like, if there's a smell, it's going to stick around this place for quite some time. So there's a lot of paint yeah. fumes going on right now. I'm, like, hotboxing in this room. Yeah, the way it's set up, so you've got, like, the – we'll call it the producer studio, and then you've got, like, the air studio where – those two are, are kind of tied together in the middle of the building, and the rest of the building kind of goes around it. So those two spots are landlocked. So I imagine the ventilation is not great. Oh, and then last hour I did uh, locked in from one of those back studios, which is the yeah. size of a closet with the door closed. I, it was it felt like a fuming hot hot box experience. So if I say anything dumb today, blame it on the on the paint fumes please well what was it yesterday um i yeah no excuse yesterday no excuse yesterday <laughs> today it's the paint fumes though i'm gonna throw out some wild hot takes yeah. i'm sure the text line please help us out trying to sift through what is uh an out of the ordinary dumb take by tyler or just a normal dumb take good luck. by Tyler. good luck yeah. good luck help us sort through those all right, what do you say? Let's hit an opening timeout here, maybe get to some text messages net. next. we got some recruiting stuff to talk about. Uh, obviously, continue to talk about camp, have that conversation as well. Uh, 651-3439. I'm hanging out at Newcastle Casino today, I-44 exit 107. Happy hour every single day, 3 to 6 here at the Front Row Sports Bar. They've got a brilliant wait staff. They do a fantastic job. Uh, deals on domestics, $5 wells plus other great promotions throughout the casino. Come see us here, Newcastle Casino. Teddy and Tyler, telling it like it is. Whether it's what you want to hear or not, every day from 2 to 6 on the home of Sooner fans. Hay season is here. You need a tractor that can handle the rigors to cut, rake, and bale. You need a Kubota. Check out Great Plains Kubota's full line of Kubota M-Series tractors. Experience the quality of Kubota's powerful M-Series tractors with a range of horse box as well on this show. <laughs> well, I have a theory that perhaps as the afternoon, uh, you know, we get later and later towards party time that the volume is going to be cranked up as we go. Well, I just, we'll can't, I just can't wait until it sounds like we're under attack in a tanks <laughs> rolling three feet from the show. Oh yeah, when the cash uh, when the cash cart comes rolling by, it seriously sounds like an entire Russian unit moving into Ukraine. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, let's let's get you a few more. Why do we protect the older, more mature football players with these practice rules, but a no holds bar when it comes to youth football? It's ridiculous what the coaches do to the kids who look like uh, bobbleheads in their helmets. It's from Kendall. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting it's an interesting deal. I would like to believe that there's been there's been some movement in educating youth coaches and I I, I don't know if it's all just CYA stuff, but I know they have to like take some classes, be certified a little bit as far as like concussion stuff, but yeah, it's still hey man, it's a dangerous sport. 
and everyone wants to to get a jump and i get it it's hard to hard to tell people not to let young kids play but that's just kind of how it is you just got to try and be as safe as possible watched a week with the sooners 2001 wondering if trent smith ever took teddy on a flight does he have his pilot license no yeah yeah he did and no 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 you know what's funny I, he said he watched a week in 2001. Is that like he? Sh- yeah. So someone else just texted about it. Uh, it's it's from 2001. It's on ESPN Plus. Oh, huh. That's interesting. I'll have to see what that's like. I thought he was talking about he came and watched camp for a week, and that's what I was about to say. Is camp was totally open to the public then? Yeah. Oh, I remember he and- used to go into practice like. We would go in the stadium and watch a practice two weeks before the start, and we left early one time. I remember my dad saying, oh, it's all right, son. We'll be here watching the real thing in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because we used to practice down at the rugby fields, and, or at least that's what – or I think we called it like the intramural fields. I don't know, whatever. But there'd be people – there'd be fans sitting out there in lawn chairs around practice. It would start off like the first practice. There would be quite a few people there, but then you get into the dog days of camp, you know, on a Wednesday morning at eight a.m. and there's like seven guys sitting over there. Man, so there's no way you could do that now. Every time Brent Venables said a four-letter word or Joe John Finley got into someone, whoop, it'd be, be right on social media. Yep. 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 Okay, I, I got a question on that ESPN Plus thing. Because I remember in 2001, they were doing some sort of a production, and I remember like cameras coming around during the Bedlam game that year. And I committed <sighs> I committed something during that game that is a pet peeve of mine. Like the ESPN cameras were coming around, and it was like, oh, they're doing this big production, like a week with the Sooners, whatever. And the, uh, the cameras came by our section during the Bedlam football game and I was the dorky 11 year old that was given the uh the horns down to the camera so is, uh, that, thought, is that the same thing I, I think it may be uh maybe that's not bad I'm just glad you didn't like jump in and they're interviewing like so what do you think of Bedlam well I just I hope it's a good game and no one gets hurt I and- just hope both teams have fun <laughs> yeah that was not me at 11 I was a lot more vicious than that Oh, uh, wow. More likely to drop a F-bomb on camera than say that about Oklahoma State. Oh, great. State. So ESPN torpe- torpedoed our 2001 season and the 2003 season. Awesome. Thanks, yeah. ESPN. Uh, what did we say yesterday? ESPN hates OU. Told you. That's right. Thank you. Um, hey, listen, they're looking really good. We need to go in and try and embed our people with them for a week, give the team all the information that they need that we've got behind the scenes and See if they can uh, develop a game plan to go win. Speaking of depressing losses, college football's 10 most depressing losses of all time is posted on 24-7 Sports today. And I saw that. I saw that yesterday. Yeah. And I think that may be, and no offense to who put it together, but it may be the dumbest article I've ever seen regarding college football in terms of like the actual topic or the games that were listed the games that were listed yeah, okay well I, I agree but I'm glad I agree because I was in a 
decent. I'm in a decent mood earlier today, whatever. And I'm scrolling down, and it's like, God, I know I'm going to run into it. And my mood always changes every time I see OU Boise State. And as I get, like, outside the top five, I'm like, really? This, this game is going to make the top five? This game was nowhere to be found in terms of uh, ten most depressing losses of all time. And no, no, and no OU uh, game was. I was shocked. Yeah, they're dumb. I, I'm looking at number nine, Florida State nails game-winning field goal. Florida State hit a game-winning field goal to beat Nebraska in the Orange Bowl, uh, keeping Nebraska from winning a championship. Uh, what is depressing about that? A great football game, two really good teams, someone hits a last-second field goal. That's not depressing. Um, I bet for Nebraska fans it was pretty depressing. Have you asked them? It couldn't have been that depressing. That would have been four national championships out of five years. I doubt it would have been that depressing. It was probably the most depressing of all. That was the year that they didn't win one. But, okay, I see what you mean. Like, for instance, number 10 is Wisconsin loses on a Hail Mary. That's depressing. Um, The prayer at Jordan-Hare, Auburn and Georgia, that's super depressing. Bama losing to Auburn on the kick six, depressing. The way that Michigan lost to Michigan State in 2015 on the botch punt. That's depressing. So, yeah, like losing on a last-second field goal isn't the same as a fluky play to lose a game. That much I will well, agree on. Well, I, yeah. I, I, like Alabama losing on the kick six to Auburn, it's the same thing. It, it That's not – that was like one of the greatest plays – in college football history, and for 90% of the college football world, it was amazing. For Alabama, it was depressing. Yeah. But for everyone else, it was fantastic. So I guess maybe I was a bit hard on it. I just I don't know I what think that the... play definitely deserves to be in there because I, I'm looking at it from how devastating and depressing it lo- was for the team that lost in the lose yeah. that way against Auburn and they won the SEC West on that game and won the SEC and made it to the championship game, I, yeah, I, that's well, it, it deserved to be on there. Yeah, but, I mean, that's, that's kind of the point, though. You lost a team. You lost to a really, really good team on the last play of the game. It's way more depressing to lose to a not very good team and, like, that team – like rips away whatever goals that you had that year, even though they're not going to be able to go anywhere with it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I I don't know. I still think it deserves to be on there. It's super depressing for Bama. Like the 2001 uh, Bedlam game that we were just talking about. Mm. You've got Oklahoma ranked, what, number two or three in the country? And what they had, what we were going to get the invite to, they had the, whatever the trophy right there on the side they were gonna we we're gonna get some big invitation it was all right there and then you lose to an Oklahoma State team like that is depressing yeah well it, it was okay well normally with these conversations we tend to trend towards the negative and think about oh let's sulk in terrible yeah. OU losses but what about how about this how about a little happier side since football yeah. starts today we get a game tonight that none of us are going to watch, but kickoff is going on in 30 days. What about the losses that OU's handed out 
that have been super depressing for the other team. Like I've got a handful of games. You tell me which one fits the best. Um, okay. I'll go. I'll, I'll even throw you a couple of games from the nineties. Ninety-eight TCU, where they're up nine nothing, yeah. and end up losing ten to nine in a matter of like five minutes. Yeah, that's that's depressing. Whenever you're you're a school that's the size of TCU, and even though Oklahoma is in the depths of of like despair with their program at the time, like still being able to knock off a giant that at that point was what. Right around, ten, uh, I guess, a little over ten years away from uh, having won a national championship, but not not very far removed from being yeah. one of the best programs in college football. TCU so. in '98, Syracuse in '97. OU blocked the kick at the end of yeah. the game to win. Donovan McNabb and that Syracuse team went on to the Fiesta Bowl that year, so they're a pretty good yeah. team. That's a good one. Yeah, um, you've got the 2000 A and M game. A&M thought Ooh, they had yeah. it in the bag, baby, and Torrance Marshall said otherwise. That was not a clip by Rocky Kalmus on the play, by the way. Right. Actually, it probably was, but whatever. Uh, 0-1-0-U Texas, we got to say that one, right? Um, yeah, 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 I think so. I think so because just like OU having to relive 2003 Kansas State every single year when they play KSU – uh, Texas has to relive 2001 every single year whenever they play OU. So, yeah, I think that's pretty depressing. Can't forget this game in Stillwater. Justin goal from the seven. Bell, threat to run, particularly with a timeout left. He throws, far corner of the end zone! Saunders again! Touchdown! I apologize to everyone. I didn't have the Dave Hunziker call of that one ready. Shame on me for that one. So that's 2013? 2013 OSU was a 10-point favorite, I think. All they needed to do was beat OU at home to win a Big 12 championship. And, well, Blake Bell was the third-string quarterback that day, but he had other plans. Exactly. That's that's a good one right there. I like that. Of course, you got to go with last year's OU-Texas game. That literally broke Texas' soul. Blowing that 28-7 yes. lead. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Um, well, and you can even go back to the the 2020 game, the four-overtime game, probably end up got, uh, being what got Herman fired, you know? Well, thank God he called a timeout on the fourth and goal from the one-yard line, or the story, it would have been a little bit different of an outcome. You, you remember what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. On OU's Ellinger, end? yeah. Ellinger had our well, – no, it was was it the it two-point conversion? OU had the ball on fourth and goal from the one, and Tom Herman calls a timeout right before the snap. OU goes play action on fourth and one. I think they only had one guy going out on a route, and he slipped right. in the end zone. And, but That's it, right. it didn't matter. Tom Herman called the timeout. OU ran it the, the next play and ended up scoring. And I think they had to have that touchdown to tie it maybe at that time. But, yeah, yeah, man, that I was thought you real were, close. You're right. I thought you were talking about when they, they had us on the ropes. Oh, they could have gone for two in late regulation. in the game. They should have. Yeah, man. Yeah, when Ellinger had, had just taken him down the field again single-handedly, he was so gassed, though. I think that's the reason he didn't do it. But I think – I think everyone at that point 
that was on the field defensively had was saying, well, it was a good try. We almost had it, but this one's yours, gentlemen. But they ended up not doing it. So that was uh, uh, that was wild. Ton of text here. OU Texas ninety six. Yeah, James Allen scoring in overtime. Yeah, I was at that ten nine TCU game. Brutal to sit through. I bet. I bet it was. And for the lucky ones that did sit through it, they got to storm the field. Awesome. Best part was watching Donovan McNabb throw up on the field from the heat. Hashtag week. I've still never seen that. Is there a video of that out there? Uh, Have you seen Is it like I, on YouTube no, or something? I, it's just, I don't think that's on YouTube. It's just somehow everyone in the stands knew that he threw up on the field, you know, at some point. Yeah. I don't think there's video evidence to it. Could be wrong. Though. Yep. 2013 Bedlam. Yes, mentioned that. 96 OU Texas. Yes. Uh, I was at the game, and TCU fan was pissed. Talking about the 98 game. Uh, 2013 Bedlam was cold as ball. It was cold as balls for that Bedlam game, wasn't it? That was one of the colder Bedlam games, I think. Yeah, with 2013, absolutely. Yeah. Baylor, yes. Baylor losing to Jalen Hurts. See, I was going to say that one. But, you know, there wasn't maybe as much on the line for that one just because it's not really considered a rivalry, but... Baylor had us beat at home, man. They did. They did. Yeah. From the 918s, uh, the win over Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. But Alabama's yeah. win was, I mean, that was a huge moment. But I feel like Alabama's season was already tarnished in their eyes because of that loss to Auburn the game before. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But that was still. Still awesome. That was still awesome. Um, does like the, um, does like the. If you're talking about handing out depressing losses, does the 77-0 against Texas A&M count? <laughs> I guess not because they're still arrogant as ever, even with that on their resume. You would think that after you get beat by someone 77 to nothing, and I understand that was like 19 years ago, but I wouldn't be as obnoxious and arrogant if I've got my A beat like that by someone. Yeah. But it's almost to them like it didn't happen, which, by the way, happy A&M Day today. It's 8-4 on the calendar. Oh, nice. Nice. Uh, eight and four. That's great. Um, Five, I, eight, and four I, seasons in the, in the past nine years. So that's why it's A&M Day. Uh, depressing losses while I was there, or depressing, like handing out depressing losses, I think would have been uh, Nebraska whenever they were up 14-0 in 2000. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, that te- that OU Texas game that year built up to be a really big one and just go and absolutely blow their doors off. Which one? Two thousand or two thousand three? Guys did two, that twice. Two thousand. Um, I would even say shutting out the number one offense in college football in the national championship game is dishing out a depressing loss. Yeah, there were four that year in the two thousand A and M game. Certainly counts as that. Yep. 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 Maybe even the uh, Big 12 championship game that year. Because I'm sure that there was this thought by K-State fans at the time. I don't remember. But I'm sure there was this thought of like, okay. Like, oh, you got us in Manhattan, but they're not. They're a good team. They're not going to get us again. Especially in yeah. Kansas City. And you know. Was it you that I, like, we went back and watched that that game? I know I did a, one of, one of our, uh, like the throwback things that we were doing 
over Zoom for a while. We went back and reviewed that game. That was an amazing football game. Yeah, it was. K-State that had was a punt a, return for a touchdown, right? Yeah, I think did in I think they like there was a lot of different things that happened in that game. Heupel had like a speed option that he scored on. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. It was it was really good. Really good. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hanging out Newcastle Casino today. I-44 exit 107. Come out, see us. Teddy and Tyler telling it like it is. Whether it's what you want to hear or not, every day from 2 to 6 on the home of Sooner fans. Life's too short for small buns. 405 Burger Bar is now open at the University of Oklahoma's campus. With handmade Oklahoma onion burgers and a full bar, 405 Burger Bar will be your favorite place to watch games. Follow us on Instagram at 405 Burger Bar to learn more about our burgers, bar, and OU campus atmosphere. 405 Burger Bar, 1423 George Avenue, just southeast of the OU football stadium. 405 Burger Bar in Norman is now open. Big buns, real meat. Nice, relaxed, laid-back liquor store on Northeast 12th Street in Norman. They have a vast selection of liquor, beer, and wine in their 3,000-square-foot storefront. Stop by and check out the ocean paint of floor and boat-shaped cash register. Sail by Captain Jack's and pick up your favorite beverages and be treated as first mate. Weigh anchor and hoist the mizzen to Captain Jack's Wine, Rum, and Spirits in Norman, 2400 Northeast 12th Avenue on the corner of Rock Creek and 12th. Hurry and book a round of golf at Westwood Golf Course this summer. Our beautiful 6,200-yard course features broad tree-lined fairways, several traps, water hazards, and manicured fast greens by our new superintendent. Bring the kids to one of our awesome tennis camps while you hit the course. They'll love learning new skills with our knowledgeable instructors. Whether you're playing with clubs or a racket, the Turn Grill is here. Choose from breakfast or lunch items, but we suggest ordering the best burger and fry basket in town. Learn more about our tennis program and book your tee time online at normanparks.com. Rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We are the home of Sooner fans. This hour is brought to you by Cavens Construction. I tell you all the time because it's true. Cavens can do it all. So go check out CavensConstruction.com to see everything they offer, whether it's your home or your office building, facility maintenance, whatever it is. They can do it. 405-573-3048 or CavensConstruction.com. I'm just talking nationally here. Um, this is for a conference championship. This is for a spot in a college football playoff, whatever. But is there someone, as we get closer to this thing, that you're starting to quietly trend um, pretty good for late in the offseason? Someone um, that maybe not a whole lot of other people are talking about? Uh, no, not really. Uh, I feel like it's been incredibly quiet. For Clemson, yeah, it has. Um, I know people are still picking them to finish well, but there's been hardly any conversation surrounding Clemson. I guess you know, whenever you talk about the Pac-12, Lincoln Riley going to USC, USC UCLA going to the Big Ten, uh, you know that generates a lot of conversation out west and in the Big Ten. There's always a ton of conversation going on with the SEC. I think the fact that there just hasn't been a whole lot happen with the ACC maybe is why you're not hearing a whole lot about Clemson. But I think that I think that team is going to be really, really good. Now, the quarterback position is really going to be the deciding factor. But 
they're going to have a fantastic defense. I know Venables isn't still there, but um, there's there's plenty of holdovers there on the coaching staff, and that that team is super super talented on defense. So I think Clemson is one that that people aren't talking enough about, and you know. I think, like, we talk about them quite a bit, but Baylor, man, Baylor. I think Baylor is a legit football team. Yeah, I mean, they were picked to win the conference this year, but yeah. if you want to sell me that maybe nationally people aren't talking about them as much as they should, then, um, yeah. you know, okay. Yeah. Good thing about Clemson is, you know, they, they've got some time to figure it out. Georgia Tech, Furman. Louisiana Tech, like they got to go to Wake Forest in Week Four, but they're going to be far more talented than Wake Forest is. NC State, Boston College, at Florida State, Syracuse at home, like they don't have what I consider to play a really tough game until early November when they go to Notre Dame. Well, I know like, NC State's going to be really, really good. I know that they're they're a team that no one knows a whole lot about. But their defense is really, really good, and they've got a really good returning uh, quarterback coming back. I mean, that it's it's like one of those things that sets up for them, like we talk about sometimes with Oklahoma State, where about every four or five years you get all these things line up. And I know it doesn't happen every four or five years for NC State, but They've got a lot of things that have lined up for this year to be really, really good yeah, for Yeah, you know, and I, and I always tell you this, but here's, what's, here's what worries me, is everyone's telling them that, right? And when you're yeah. not used to dealing with success, then I think teams have a hard time with that. And, yeah, I maybe this is NC State's year where they break through, but maybe it was last year. They were a 9-3 and football team last year that beat Clemson. So maybe the year that they're supposed to have every seven or eight years actually came when they almost won 10 games last year, not what's going to happen this season. But right. someone's got to win games in the ACC. At least I think. Someone's got to. And they almost won 10 of them last year. They lost to – they lost at Mississippi State, at Miami, and at number 12 Wake Forest. But they yeah. did beat number 9 Clemson in uh, late September in double overtime. Yeah. Well, they're, they're going to be they're going to be solid. Really good defense. Uh, defense was in like top twenty last year. Uh, good offense. Not sure where exactly their offense was ranked. It's some of those offensive statistics can be really weird sometimes because there's a lot of teams that rank really high that just aren't any good. You know, they score a lot of points, but they give up a ton of points. I think looking at what someone does defensively is typically a little little better at trying to gauge what type of team they actually are, you know? Yeah. So, now yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm not sitting here trying to act like I know a lot about NC State. I don't. But, you know, there is some reasoning as to why people are high on them. Am I an idiot for saying Michigan State is my team? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know they lost the – I mean, they're, they're going to find a running back. They'll be okay at that spot. Gonna find a running back. They'll be Michigan State. Seemingly, always has a good running back. They'll find a running back, but are they gonna find a running back that can run for sixteen hundred yards like uh, Kenneth Walker did last year? Um, they may not have a consensus All American at running back next year, but they'll have a guy that can tote the rock. It, what about? 
Are you big on the Peyton Thorne kid? Um, I'm big on their ability to run the football and play defense. That's what I'm big on. Okay. So, no, to answer your question. <laughs> All right. He wasn't bad. He threw for 3,200 yards, low comp- completion percentage. But here's the thing. We've talked about this before. When you have a team that runs the football and plays defense, the completion percentage statistic needs to be thrown out because the quarterback is coached. It's pounded into his head. Do not force the ball. Throw it away. Don't try and and make a throw that we can't in a situation that puts our defense in a bad spot. It's okay to throw it away. We'll punt it. We'll play defense. Hashtag game manager. That's a long way of saying it. There you go. Peyton, game manager, Thorne. What Bama had at quarterback for the first eight years of Saban's tenure. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number one next. Teddy and Tyler telling it like it is. Whether it's what you want to hear or not, every day from 2 to 6 on the home of Sooner fans. Reliable, fast, affordable. OEC Fiber was founded on the same principles that brought us OEC 85 years ago. We are reinvesting in Oklahoma by bringing high-speed fiber services to your homes, businesses, and schools. Make sure to visit us today at OECFiber.com to get started. OEC Fiber. We're taking internet, phone, and TV services where no one else will. Weather can take a toll on your fence. The name to know is Oklahoma's premier fence company, Van Hoos Fence. Van Hoos specializes in residential and commercial Cambridge Construction bringing you hour number one of the rush on this Thursday, 405-651-3439. That's the number to text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Here's an interesting question. I don't know if I've ever heard you answer this one before. Teddy, who was the worst practice player that was a good player in games that you played with at OU? Who was a not a good practice player but a good player in games? Uh Uh-huh. Um, um, I don't know. That's interesting. That's interesting. I would say that I don't think anyone was a bad practice player, but I would say that I would say that Rocky Kalmus was was like in, in a game he was in his element it was because he's just a different guy i think maybe just because of my i i don't know that's hard to say hmm I, i'm gonna have to think on that a little bit but there's no way rocky was a bad practice player that, that's no, what you're I, saying that's why yeah, i was like well okay he's not a bad practice player but 
Like he would, he'd be a guy that you would consider to be a gamer. Like he looks like a totally different dude on game day. Um, uh, JT Thatcher. Turn it on on Saturdays, but maybe not the most physically impressive player throughout the week. Well, not physically, just like Mike Stoops wanted to strangle him every single day in practice. <laughs> But without a doubt, in a game, he's coming oh, up yeah. with two two interceptions and a punt return for a touchdown. No, no you could almost count on it every single time. And if yeah. it wasn't a touchdown, a, the offense is getting the ball inside the five-yard line at least. Dude at least was a, a gamer. Yeah. Um, hey, I was going to tell you something real quick. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Did you know that Michigan State had one of the worst defenses in college football last year? Um, I did not know that. I mean, I, I didn't think it was like a top 10 defense because they did give up some points last year. They had to have a pretty big rally against uh, Michigan last year. Didn't Ohio State score a ton on them too as well? Yeah. They gave up more points last year than OU did, and they gave up way more yards than OU did. Yeah. They gave up 455 yards a game, which is almost – Dead last in college football. Yeah, that 56-7 loss to Ohio State really didn't help things out. But there, there were some games That's where true. they did play good defense. But, yeah, not not top ten. they got to be better. Got to be better. And they'll get better. And they better. will. They will yeah. under Mel Tucker. First year under Mel Tucker, they'll, they'll definitely get better. So I'll see where your head's at. I just had to throw that at you there with your Michigan State pick. All right, uh, quick timeout. we got hour number two of the rush coming up next here from Newcastle Casino. 